0: Long and prosperous. <gasps> I was going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. Buy Grab hammer.
1: What a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never,
0: ever marks the spot. Until he's coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen.
1: Hey, Frog.
0: Your ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds.
1: Oh, it's my intro. <laughs> Hi, folks. sure Welcome to episode 148 of the Play on Nerds podcast. We are coming to you again with a, another fantastic special episode, isn't it? And my co-host here is...
0: I'm Steve. I'm the other guy. Boy, is it special. And uh, in honor of uh, a superhero film coming up about an amazing superhero team up. <laughs> Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh, yeah. We're talking about another very special superhero team up, and we're going to be reviewing the movie Mystery Men,
1: because <laughs> <laughs> we also have superhero team ups in The Boys, um, Boys in is Hot, Umbrella right now. Academy is happening right that now. That just came out. Uh, Miss Marvel, all these different superhero shows. But what is the classic that no one's talking
0: about? It's Mystery Men. Come on. We're kind of hoping no one's talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> no one's talking about it. No one even talked about it then. For, for good reason. <laughs> maybe. 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 But we'll see. It's kind of a cult uh, classic now. Before we get to that, Jeremy, uh, do we have any feedback? I don't think so. I don't think we have any feedback this week, Steve. Man, the hell with you all. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I mean, write us anything at a playonerds.com and uh, <laughs> we'll read it or something.
1: We will. If if I'll you get it tattooed on my chest. But no pressure, guys. But he'll get tattooed in his chest. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> no
0: pressure. pressure. Uh, so, Jordan, what have you been up to since last time we spoke?
1: Oh, since last we spoke, I don't know. I got engaged. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. Me and the girlfriend I always talk about on these shows, uh, we got engaged, which is fantastic. Uh, we went out to Cape Cod, and uh, I proposed to dock on a dock at a sun- during a sunset. It was wonderful. She said Yes. Uh, and good, I gave her good,
0: good capper there.
1: a lovely, lovely ring that Steve helped me pick out in a way. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, also gifted her with another friend of Steve's, uh, helped me, uh, get on the wait list for this thing. An Xbox series X with my girlfriend fiance now is a huge gamer. So, uh, she now has an Xbox series X. She's beyond happy and we are loving it. We're starting to plan the wedding and Steve, of course, will be a co-best man at my wedding. So there he is. Right
0: me and the other co-best man are going to oil up and wrestle
1: until death see
0: to see who is the best man (laughs) the very best man of course (laughs) that's how it
1: works (laughs) so what have you been up to since the last episode
0: Uh, not too much work is getting uh, a little bit crazy you know like it does Uh, but mostly in my free time i've been uh, you know, I'm playing in a campaign, D&D. Nice. I'm running a campaign of D&D. I'm about to do a campaign of uh, the Star Wars 5e Okay. adjustment that someone made. That's very 5e based, but a lot has been adjusted for Star Wars races and Force users and that kind of stuff. Nice. Um, and I'm playing an Ewok. <laughs> Adorable. <laughs> very exciting. But I have been working on my very own one-shot RPG gaming system. Oh. Yeah, it's called Brains, Body, and Bravado, or BBB. Nice. There are three main stats, Brains, Body, and Bravado. Perfect. It is very simple in that it only requires D6s. Mm -hmm. Uh, For skills or abilities, there's a sliding range of success, and then combat is very simplified where it's mostly, you know, one side rolls a D6, the other side rolls a D6, and if one meets or beats, they hit. Gotcha. Uh, So my goal is to get it onto two pages. It looks like it's going to spill to a third, even with all the simplifications and edits I'm doing. Uh, But my goal is to make it, uh, like, you know, like the one-stop, one-shot system.
1: That's perfect. Three pages is fine, too. If you go to three pages, that's still shorter than anything else.
0: That's yeah, the, the first one is like main game mechanics. The second one is combat. And the third one is like other rules and DM notes at this point.
1: Right. That's perfect.
0: That's the goal. So we'll see. I'll I'll, I'll update you guys more as it comes, but I'm about two thirds of the way done right now uh, in that I've got, I said, I've got the main game rules, uh, combat rules all out. And right now I'm just working on the other rules and then like DM notes right now.
1: Well, I have a group of friends who would love to play test your system eventually, so
0: let me know when you're ready nice. for it. Nice. I would love to. <laughs> I'm close. I'm. It's one of those things where I just keep nitpicking and then having Anna, like, rubber duck for me. <laughs> so I read something to her, I'm like, I know that you don't have it really any context, but that at least makes sense, the sentence I just put together. Yeah. And she goes, yes, honey, whatever, and I go,
1: yes. Well, it's great if somebody who's outside of it, it's like they're a new player, she can be like that person who'd be like. Oh, that doesn't make any sense to me as someone who has never played before. That's a cool idea. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, very um, nice. It's coming along. Brains, body, and bravado.
1: I like the, the the double triple Bs. It's fantastic. That's right. All right. Well, here's some.
0: It's time for Nerdy News. Well, with the return of Nerdy News comes the return of cheeky titles. And this one is... Uh, Hey, you got some shit on your face. I've
1: forgotten <laughs> about your titles, man. I've forgotten.
0: <laughs> well, the Demodex folliculorum took me a while to get that one, is better known as the skin mite, and they are common guests on almost every person in the world. Mm. They live deep in follicles. They eat sebum, which is an oily substance that, that follicles extract, and they live only for about three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Good news, everybody! Uh, for a long time, they thought that these things didn't really have a fully formed digestive tract. In that they, because their their lifespans were so short, they would eat and eat and eat, and all of their waste would just build up inside of them, and just when they died, it would just decay with their body. Well, researchers in the UK have finally mapped this thing's genome, and da 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 da, they have anuses. <laughs> And are likely shitting all over you as we speak. <laughs> Why the hell are you telling us this right now? A skin mite somewhere on your body is shitting all over you, including your face.
1: Now, is is it better if you wash more frequently, or does it not matter at all,
0: dude? These things are are near microscopic. Oh, and let me give you an example of how small they are. They are arachnids. They've got eight pair of legs, just like a spider. Ugh. They have one muscle cell for each pair of legs. Oh my god! They have four muscle cells. That's how small these things are. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, they live, they, they hate the sun. They aren't adapted to UV light. So they live like deep down in follicles or deep in your hair and dark parts of your body. Uh, and one of the primary ways that they transfer is from mother to child during breastfeeding. Huh? great so your mom gave you little bugs that are currently shitting all over your body
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ I want to watch that movie
0: that's right (laughs) well thanks for that yeah absolutely so that's uh, you got some shit on your face
1: and now we move on to our main (laughs) segment where we talk about the movie Mystery Men
0: somebody wants Well, the story takes place in Champion City, or as I like to think of it, not Gotham. <laughs> it's definitely Gotham, but it's not Gotham. They it's also Champions use Day.
1: a lot of the same sets and props from the Batman, uh, the Tim Burton Batman movies, actually. Oh, they, yeah. You use them in this movie.
0: Like any good movie, it opens with a robbery of an old folks home. Uh, by a bunch of red-goggled men calling themselves the Red-Eyes when an unlikely group of heroes shows up. We meet the Blue Raja, who throws forks, the Shoveler, who shovels, and Mr. Furious, who gets his ass handed to him repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> They're all really in the straits when Captain Amazing shows up. He's somewhere between Iron Man and Batman, mm-hmm. and he cleans up the b- bad guys easily. Before they leave, they meet a crazy weapon designer named Heller, who offers his services, who comes back later. But it turns out Captain Amazing has grown bored. All the great supervillains are dead or locked away. And so he arranges for his greatest villain, Casanova Frankenstein, <laughs> <laughs> to be released from the nut house. <laughs> the lesser heroes go back to their mundane lives. The blue Rajah lives with his mother and hides his persona. The shoveler has a wife and three kids, and she does not approve of his antics. No. And Mr. Furious works at a junkyard. Meanwhile, Casanova... Uh, reassembles the gangs of Champion City and blows up the nut house where he was kept. Captain amazing comes to apprehend him saying, I knew you couldn't change, but is caught off guard by crazy knockout gas (laughs) Casanova reveals he's going to kill captain amazing in just a few nights. Meanwhile, Mr. Furious was outside and watching this whole time and he sees that captain amazing gets stuck there and doesn't make it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Him and the others go back they don't even make it past the front door before they are just beaten terribly by Casanova's gang. The, the
1: disco the, guys. The disco boys. Yeah, disco boys.
0: <laughs> uh, that's but, when they decide to recruit more superheroes. They meet the invisible boy who can turn invisible, but only when no one is looking at him. <laughs> and But invisible boy has a network of other superheroes that they invite to a kegger slash barbecue. Uh, they also run into the spleen. A hero whose power allows him to make magical and crippling farts.
1: Which is actually pretty impressive when he knocks people out with it. That's it does.
0: Good. He's got the closest thing to like a real superpower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the group holds their tryouts at the shuttler's house. We meet a lot of terrible heroes. It's mostly a bust until at the end, the bowler arrives. A right. woman with a possessed bowling ball that can move around magically and violently. Deneen Garofalo. Uh with the team assembled, they go for a drive, but they spot Casanova's limbo. They attack it and somehow emerge triumphant. Flying high off their success, they go to celebrate, but the disco boys catch up with them. And they're about to get shot to death when when the Sphinx, a mysterious hero, bails them out. They go to train with the Sphinx, who helps them elevate their powers. We get a sweet training montage featuring a Smash Mouth song. <laughs> of course, it was 1999. Mr. Furious gets fed up with the training and sets out of his own. The gang decides to reach out to Heller, the crazy weapons designer from earlier, and he provides them with some untraditional weapons. After a date with the waitress that came up earlier and doesn't have much to do with the story, Mr. <laughs> Furious returns to the team for the assault on Casanova's compound. Yeah. They're able to sneak in, but in trying to rescue Captain Amazing, they get flustered and accidentally kill him. <laughs> Casanova plays it off to the gangs like it was his big plan all along, and he plans to do the same thing to all of Champion City at midnight. The group rallies together. They each go and take care of some last-minute business before they head to their fate. Uh, the group dons their, their new costumes. They get in a new tank-like vehicle and head to Casanova's. They break through the gate, crash through the front doors. Before taking a hail of bullets, the group uh, levels the playing field by using a giant magnet on the on the vehicle, pulling all the guns before Casanova retreats and sets a killer laser based off of movement. Invisible boy gets his moment to shine, actually turning invisible and very naked. He's able to turn off the laser. When no one looks at it.
1: they can't look at it, of course.
0: They take out some sexy lady mobsters with a clothing shrink gun. They take out the homeboys, I think is what they call them, which I think one of them was CeeLo Green. It was. It
1: was CeeLo Green.
0: (laughs) With the blame thrower, which causes them to bicker and fight. The shoveler shovels the crap out of some guy. The spleen takes out some others with farts, but he gets shot in the butt. (laughs) The bowler goes after the man who killed her father. Uh, Her possessed bowling ball takes care of him. Casanova has the waitress for some reason. (laughs) The blue Raja makes a ladder of forks that allows Mr. Furious to get past an electrified staircase. Furious and Casanova square off and Furious finally unlocks his inner rage. Machine begins to rev up and gets ready to destroy the city. The group performs a huge group hug, getting the bowler close enough to unleash the bowling ball, which destroys the machine from within. <laughs> they exit the compound, surrounded by news crews, uh, and are sort of the new heroes of the city. All of them validated for their life struggle to be heroic. Damn right. And that is the mystery man. <laughs> so it's a remember, movie. What, I, I hadn't seen this in a while. What what did you think?
1: Oh, I haven't probably seen it in 20 years since it came out. Um, it was it was entertaining. It was stupid. It was uh, strange. It had a lot of uh, tone, like, where was it going all over the place kind of issues. But, yeah, I didn't mind it. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't great.
0: What about you? I think one of the things to really like about this movie is like, boy, what a cast.
1: So and all the cameos. It's ridiculous. All the comedians and people just popped up in this movie. Yeah,
0: you get Doug Jones in there at one point, Mm -hmm. even (laughs) Uh, Dane Cook. But then you have the main guys, uh, William H. Macy and Ben Stiller. Uh, Gene Garofalo, His Face, Gene Garofalo,
1: Hank Azaria, Pee Wee
0: Herman, Hank Azaria is in there. William
1: H. Macy, Jeffrey Rush, <laughs> Jeffrey
0: Rush, like talk about like a an A grade actor suddenly being in a film.
1: And Tom Waits, I thought he was fantastic in this movie.
0: He he was just the right amount in this movie. I think any more of him and it would have been problem.
1: Just some weird Tom Waits going around making some weapons. <laughs>
0: um, it's so, a great. they I actually put almost Burton-esque point of view in style. The guy that directed this was basically known for directing TV commercials. This is his only feature film. Mm -hmm. And then he went back to directing TV commercials.
1: So there's a little bit of trivia. I'll skip to because you said that there's an urban legend that has it that Tim Burton secretly directed this film with this Kinka Usher person as a cover story. Uh, the casting, particularly of Paul Rubens, who previously worked with Burton on Pee-wee's Big Adventure and Batman Returns, mm-hmm. uh, goes with this idea. And the film also has animation from longtime Burton collaborator Henry Selick. Uh, but it's, it's still very unlikely because they would have they pushed that idea that Tim Burton was making this film to make it more popular because it bombed. It just did not do very well. But there is an urban legend that Tim Burton secretly directed this film. And is he wanted to disavow it. That's why he gave it to that other guy. Kinka usher, but yeah, well, right. I can see why. Yeah.
0: Uh, the, the very thing tone, tone wise, visuals wise, just reads Burton through and through. Mm-hmm. Um, some other things that there are to like about this movie, there are genuinely good character arcs with the shoveler proving to his wife that like this really is his calling when all she wants him to do is settle down. Yeah. The blue Raja effectively coming out to his mother as a limey fork flinger was the phrase he used. <laughs> yeah. Uh, And her gifting him, his grandmother's uh, silverware to go to the final battle. Uh, Mr. Furious finally sort of coming to terms with himself. And at the end, he even introduces himself as Roy. Yeah, exactly. So there were some genuine, even like the invisible boy got his moment to shine.
1: I think that's the Um, biggest thing, like, yeah, I I liked about that, about this movie too, is that there was just, there was character arcs. You liked the characters, even the smaller characters, you get to know a little bit uh, enough to make, and like, even like you said, the invisible boy, um, played by Kel from Keenan and Kel, he talks about his dad, you know, how he's like, his dad's right there. He's like, Hey dad, I'm going in the room with three strange men. See you later. (laughs) And and his dad just doesn't doesn't even notice. And it's like that, that gives you enough character development right there in that moment. So that was kind of well-written. It was actually just well done, surprisingly, for this movie. Um,
0: uh, some things I I struggled with. Mm-hmm. Uh, some really weird pacing issues throughout um, where it felt like the story accelerated and then slowed down, and it felt like a lot happened in a very short amount of time, but not in like a good way, but in a how-could-that-possibly-have-happened way. Right. Um, and the thing that I think really... Where it fell apart for me was, you know, the group, they face off against Casanova Frankenstein's car. They have that minor victory. They go out to celebrate and they're about to get like shot at by the, they about to get the crappied out of them and shot by the disco boys. Um, but the Sphinx bails them out. And so they didn't suffer that classic collective defeat that is really needed in these kind of stories to codify a group. Hmm they like bailed them out and in many ways this felt like a D&D campaign
1: <laughs> it kind of does All least strange characters that are just so weird and 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 strange that players would create that makes sense
0: like we're going to go sneak in and like one of them rolls bad and then suddenly oh we didn't make it past the front door <laughs> like um, but then also in that, the turn, it felt like the writers were bailing them out, like the writers didn't have a way out of that situation. And so they like sent in a powerful NPC to save the players.
1: Well, it did mention earlier specifically that the Sphinx can cut guns in half and then he we're does right. exactly and he could that. have shown
0: up. <laughs> he could have saved them, but like they needed to get beaten.
1: Well, they've been beaten so much in the past already. They're just on the.
0: But not, but not as that group.
1: Oh, okay. Like I see HMAC,
0: but like as the new collective, they'd had that one fight with a car, for lack of a better term. <laughs> um, But they needed to be beaten as a group. Right. To then show that they've gone somewhere. But instead they got bailed out in that moment. And then we go straight into a training montage, which then derails with Ben Stiller's character leaving. It just didn't flow right. And that's where it that sort of comes down to pacing issues for me. Yeah, I could see that.
1: And like, it's funny that you see the D and D things. I see that the, the blue Raja every time he throws a fork, he just rolls a one every single time, <laughs> <Just> every time. <laughs> but yeah, the same thing, my likes for me, the same thing, the cast, ridiculously great cast, uh, great cameos. Um, I thought the, it was shot. Well, the, the costumes are funny. Like it just, the world felt complete to me um but yeah same thing with dislikes i think the script was all over the place they had and now i know more about the trivia we'll talk about in a minute they had a lot of script issues they had a lot of uh, on set issues uh the cast was apparently fighting the whole time nobody got along uh, it was a grueling process then the studios got involved because they put so much money into this and it, it just bombed miserably so i can see where just like a lot of the script writing and the pacing and all the directorial stuff just kind of went out the window because it had, they had a plan and then they couldn't go by it anymore. Um, but yeah, same kind of goods and bads that you had, um, race right for trivia then, I guess. Absolutely. All right. So just a few things Uh Janine Garofalo had originally turned down the part of the bowler, but changed her mind when she heard William H. Macy and Jeffrey Rush had signed on. I would too, because they're both great actors. Uh, Tom Waits, had this odd hand gestures when he was explaining the psycho fraculator. Uh, these were the result of him writing his dialogue on his fingers and reading the words as he went along. Cause he couldn't remember his lines <laughs> <laughs> um, in a 2011, a 2011 interview with the AV club. Hank Azaria claimed that during production, the director Kinka Usher declared, I'm going back to commercials when this is done. I've had enough. I'd much, I'd much rather do my cool little one minute sto- shorts that I make then deal with all this nonsense. <laughs> That's what they uh-huh. said. So he never made a movie again. That was it. Um, a number of the sets used in this film are the same sets used in Batman forever. As I mentioned, you earlier. can feel it. Yeah, exactly. Good thing that reusing sets recycling is good. It's good for the environment. Um, the bowler's stream of consciousness monologue in support of independent filmmaking, which that didn't really happen. There was only got like two lines at the conclusion of the, the film was originally not intended to be included in the finished print. Janine Garofalo was instructed by director Kinka Usher to say whatever came to her mind at the time, um, and Usher liked her performance so much that he edited it into the final print. But there was actually only – in the, the cut I saw, there was only like two lines she says, so there's not a monologue. So yeah. I don't know if you saw a different one. Um, funny thing about uh, Captain Shovel – what was his name, Mr. Mr. Shovel? The Shoveler. The Shoveler. Shovel fighting – was taught to most of the infantry during the end of World War II. The reasoning was that infantry were often responsible for digging their own foxholes, and their enemies were unlikely to honor the call of timeout while they went to fetch their gun or bayonet. So shovel fighting was actually a real thing that was uh, during World War II. Nice. And at one time, Danny DeVito was set to direct this film as well as star as the shoveler. But that didn't well, happen. That would
0: have been different.
1: <laughs> yes, Danny DeVito as a shoveler. Whoa. Um, Earlier versions of the script had Monica uh, play a much bigger role. That's the waitress um, in the story. (laughs) And she helped the mystery men defeat Casanova Frankenstein, but she was cut down. And Claire Ferlani, oh my God, gorgeous, wonderful. She's beautiful, (laughs) underused, but what what are we going to do? And last one, Janine Garofalo disliked the film. She said, it was very long hours and very little got accomplished. It was one of those alleged blockbusters that was over budgeted and overhyped. It went from being a great script when it was sent to me to being, in my opinion, a fairly mediocre non-event. But it was nice to get paid that much to sit to just sit around. <laughs> I have no idea what they were trying to do with the film, but they sure didn't accomplish it. <laughs> that's what you need, is. So. Brutal, brutal. So that's uh, that's Mystery Men. There you go, folks. But before we move on from Mystery Men entirely, I want to play on that same theme and play a game with Steve called Superhero Names.
0: Ooh. Real
1: or made up. So, okay. Steve, okay. I'm going to give you some superhero names and you have to tell me if they're real or made up.
0: Okay, I love it. I love it. How like, many? Just so I can rep my mind. There's around.
1: 10. There's 10. All right, 10. And I'm finding right. my buzzer and my uh my 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 correct and wrong answer buzzers here. I can found them. Okay, we're good. All right. So the first one is. Good boy.
0: That's real. That is correct. It's a Marvel dog, I think, right?
1: Close. Uh, Good boy is actually from uh, Marvel, but Great Lakes Avengers. And it's a werewolf like Ah. being. And it's a woman, actually. Oh, Uh, weird. Yeah. (laughs) Double weird. (laughs) So we have the next one. Terrific genius. I'm going to say real.
0: Oh, that ah, is a damn. fake
1: generated one from a website that is not a real. But it could, have been. It could, it have, could have, been. have been. it could have been. It
0: could. I am the terrific genius. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, I'm marking these correct and wrong. Hold on. There we go. All right, next one. Choice maker. I'm
0: gonna say. I'm gonna say fake.
1: That is correct. That is a fake yes. one. But All right. It, it's it very well could be a real one. So that's it's really. Uh, amazing that you got that right. Uh, all right. So <laughs> <laughs> Next one.
0: All right. Big Bertha. That's real. That is correct. I don't know why, but in something I read, I remember reading Big Bertha. So
1: it says when it comes to subpar superheroes with even worse names, the Great Lakes Avengers really is a one stop shop. Uh, And she's basically this person who can change her size uh, from small to big. So she was a model for her alter ego because she can make herself look really attractive or turn really huge to become really powerful and knock things over. And there's very little else known about her. All right. Here we go. Next one. All
0: right. Arm fall off boy. That's that's real.
1: That is correct.
0: He was in uh, the most recent. Uh, what the hell was it?
1: Oh, Peacemaker not... or something?
0: Yeah, whatever. That thing was he? I didn't watch the movie. It. He was in the movie that came out. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, I did it's not see by, them. He plays by uh, the, what's his face from Firefly? Fillion. Nathan really? Fillion. He plays Arm Fall yeah. Off Boy. Yeah, he, it's pretty tragic, but yes.
1: Oh, my God. I did not see that yet. That's why you would know that I wouldn't. But he was apparently in Legion of Superheroes. And, uh, yeah, that's a real thing that happened. Okay, here we go. Messy Dragonfly.
0: I'm going to say that's fake. Ah, You're so right. <laughs> it just sounds like something an AI would come up with. <laughs> <laughs>
1: or, you know, a comic book company who's really desperate. All right. That's true. Monkey
0: Joe. Uh, I'm going to say real. (laughs) That's correct. Oh, man. I've got nothing to base that off.
1: So they say, don't let the name fool you. Monkey Joe is not a monkey. He's a squirrel. Just a normal, regular old squirrel with no superpowers whatsoever. But he hangs out with Squirrel Girl. So he's kind of a superhero because he hangs out with Squirrel
0: Girl. (laughs) So he's a squirrel named Monkey Joe. Exactly. He's just a
1: squirrel. All right. Major
0: Maple Leaf. I'm I'm gonna say fake. Oh, that ah, is real. Damn, some Canadian bullshit. <laughs> hey. Damn you, Sean Vanderloo. Damn you.
1: <laughs> so Major Maple Leaf is the name of not one, but two superheroes that inhabit the Marvel universe. Lewis Sadler and his oldest son Lewis Lou Sadler Jr. both bore this ridiculous superhero title. In case the oh-so-subtle name didn't give it away, both versions of Major Maple Leaf are proud Canadians. <laughs> Lewis Sadler, the original Maple Leaf, was a Canadian war hero who fought for his country in World War II, as well as occasionally fighting alongside the invaders. Like Captain America, Lewis was given superhuman powers, although exactly how he got them is never truly revealed. <laughs> so, there you go. He like goes.
0: Captain America, but much more polite.
1: Much more Canadian, <laughs> yes. All right, next one. Remix.
0: i'm gonna I'm gonna go with real oh, that is
1: fake fudge there's only abs- I didn't say fudge there's not a character named remix all right, last one Doctor Long Lord it's
0: so ridiculous, I have to say real.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh damn. I knew I'd fool you with that one because it sounds so stupid
0: That it might actually be real well, It was either that or a porn name and I didn't know which <laughs> But let's see how many he got folks I'm Dr. Longlord and I got a dose of what you need <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, you got 7 out of 10 right, man
0: That is pretty damn good That's inc- that's insane Woo-hoo. I don't know how I pulled that off
1: Yay for Steve <laughs> All right. So that's superhero <laughs> names, real or made up. And Steve did very well. So thank you, sir.
0: Recommend- if you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend? I do. I recommend pleasant. All right. This week on radical recommends, I've got a YouTube channel just sort of emerging. And if you love uh, role-playing games, tabletop role-playing games, Dungeons, and dragons, any of those systems, uh, you might like this guy. Uh, it's play your role. He's got a relatively small channel, and while he is not as big and flashy as some of the other uh, YouTube personalities that have come out of sort of the Dungeons & Dragons craze, he gives really good quality content. He does things ranging from advice for players and DMs, but then he also does analysis of uh, online DMs that you know, like Matt Mercer and Brandon Brandon Lee Mulligan, um, and basically goes into depth about what makes them good DMs. And the things that make them successful and gives very, uh, I'll say, practical and applicable things to latch on to, integrate into your own games, into the own way, your own way that you think about DMing and playing. Uh, I don't think he gets as much credit as he is due, but check him out, play your role on YouTube. Um, and He just gives good D&D tabletop RPG content.
1: I'm going to need this soon because I'm actually starting a new campaign that I'm DMing. This uh, Sunday. So I'm kind of nervous. So I Are you watch doing
0: Wild Beyond the Witchlight? I sure am. We just finished. Like, oh just, just finished this last week.
1: Oh my God. We'll talk about it after the show because I need to hear some stuff from you. <laughs> All right. We'll do. Yeah, absolutely. Now that
0: I've completed it, we can talk.
1: Oh, that's great. I love it. All right. Well, thanks so much for that. I think that means it's time for
0: trailer review. So I need to put. Push... <laughs> Yeah.
1: All right. So I think on a previous show, Stephen told me we did talk about uh, Thor Love and Thunder before, but this is a brand new trailer. We've seen a couple trailers since that probably that
0: last episode. The first one we reviewed was just a teaser. Right. Really like a minute of very quick shots and almost nothing. We have a lot more context now.
1: And also I've heard this movie is going to be one of the shortest Marvel films that's ever been released. It's gonna be like I've, 90 minutes.
0: Basically, uh, last I heard, it's coming in just under two hours, which, mind you, okay. still makes it one of the shortest Marvel right. movies. Okay, I'm
1: glad it's not at least ninety minutes because that was going to be way too short. So I'm glad it's at least two hours. That's good or under just under two hours. Yeah. So this is a one called Team. This new trailer that we're particularly talking about, but there's been a couple trailers since we last talked about this. Uh, Steve, what do you think about this movie so far in general?
0: I, I think that. The shorter movie represents the fact that they are telling a shorter story Mm -hmm. in that Gore, the God Butcher being played by Christian Bale. We finally get a lot of better looks at him in these most recent trailers, right? His threat is imminent. It is on a countdown and he is coming in that regard. I think that they are going to tell a much more close ended and therefore easier to tell faster story, which I'm looking forward to. That makes sense. Um we get a lot of better looks at Thor, the team he assembles with Korg and Jane or I don't know what they're going to call her Lady Thor or <laughs> there's like different comic versions. Right. Uh you get Valkyrie in there. Uh we actually get to see some Celestials in this trailer, I did which a is a little bit nuts. Yeah. That they're there, which tells me that the gathering at Olympus, I think is what they've established because right. we see Russell Crowe as Zeus. Um, is not just a gathering of the Olympians, but of a lot of gods.
1: And celestials included. Yeah.
0: Celestials included. I think that we could see uh, some Black Panther kind of references. We could see references to the Egyptian gods that we've met most recently in Moon Knight.
1: That would be cool.
0: Uh, there in the new Miss Marvel, without giving too much away, there is some like religious sort of implications. So we can see maybe something from the current Miss Marvel play out there.
1: Okay. I've only seen one episode of Miss Marvel so far, but i I liked it. It's been very, good. um,
0: so I'm, I'm excited for what I think is going to be a, com- a compact, but much more full movie.
1: Yeah. Like I, I watched the, um, I will recommend it to people who don't know who the hell God Gore, the God butcher is, uh, nerdist does a great rundown of who the hell God, Gore the God Butcher is and that character and where he came from and what he does and um uh, and if they can tell that story here, it's an amazing story. Um and probably really cool that Christian Bale is playing him because it's a very serious, dark kind of character. Um but yeah, I mean I love I if this movie's probably gonna be fast paced as hell at just under two hours to cover all that kind of stuff. But also <laughs> I just have to mention the controversy over um oh god, what's her name? Playing uh Lady Thor, Mighty Thor, I think it's called Mighty Thor. Is what her name? is.
0: Um, Natalie Portman. Uh, Natalie Portman.
1: Natalie Portman and her buffing up for this movie. So there are on-set photos of her in the prosthetic arms. So she, okay. she has she, and I, it's totally fair. She has other movies to do. She has other things to do. She has, I think, she has children. At least one child. She doesn't have time to buff up like the fucking like just she doesn't want to. She's a, she's a well-known actress. They gave her prosthetic arms for this. That is not her natural arms. And That's totally fine. <laughs> but that it looks, being said, it looks not great. Discount it.
0: She did buff up for this film. She went through a crazy workout. Regiment, I'm sure she did. But- and the most recent thing I saw says that the, the, the title was she grew over a foot. In that between legs and biceps and stuff, she, gr- she grew her body size 12 inches. <laughs> That's great.
1: There are a couple of photos that you can see online though where it's like, oh my God, those are obvious prosthetic They look arms. weird
0: and, and, and. And almost, yeah, like well, because almost she's, CGI. Well, almost. she's out of
1: the she's out of the um, Thor uh, outfit and she's just in a, like a T-shirt, but they have the prosthetic arms on and that's where you can totally see that, oh, they're prosthetic arms, which is totally fine. Like I don't blame – I want the male actors to do the same thing. The male actors – like Chris Evans complained nonstop because – he wanted. He almost didn't mind playing Captain America, but he's like, I can't maintain this physical regimen. It's ridiculous. Uh, if well, I don't they, want to, uh, if, if he doesn't do steroids, he has to go to the gym for six hours a day. It's ridiculous.
0: Well, I remember Hugh Jackman for uh, oh, yeah. Wolverine. Absolutely. he would stay jacked and very, very in shape. But he basically said that if he knew he was going to be shirtless on camera, he started a three-week regimen. Yep to get himself shirtless on camera ready where he just put his body through hell. He dehydrated himself to pull moisture out of his muscles. They all do that
1: for the on-screen things. Yeah. um, Exactly.
0: He talks about just this three weeks up to these like two days of shooting with his shirt off,
1: which is terribly unhealthy. Like, so I'm prosthetics are good enough now where you don't have to do that bullshit. And I'm glad that she did that, but she also got in good shape because she wanted to be able to do the physicality of the role, which is fantastic. But it's just some people are posting things online thinking that that's her real body and it's not that's fine it's fine because it's it's just saying it's 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 an unusual thing but um but either way i'm glad they're having i think it's called the mighty thor is the female thor mighty thor yeah i think it's i think that's the
0: name of the comic series which they a lot of people think this is taken from
1: right i think they're the mighty thor and they call her mighty thor i think in her version of thor or something but um Uh, But I recommend the Nerdist videos in general. They give great rundowns of all the the Easter eggs from different episodes and from trailers and from movies. If you're not too worried about possible spoilers because they don't give spoilers, they just give things that like, well, this is from the comics. This is what they're referencing. This is what it's talking about. But
0: my two favorites are and they don't need my publicity uh, (laughs) is Ryan Airy over at Screen Crush and Eric Voss at New Rockstars. One thing I will say, if you're going to watch New Rockstars, though, Eric Voss has an uncanny ability to. Call major spoilers oh, well in advance. Nice. Like he's got a track record of calling outlandish things and then being 100% correct. So <laughs> just if you're going to watch him, just know there's a chance he's going to spoil something.
1: And that's the thing. If I can know my heart, that person didn't know that for certain. They were just kind of guesstimating. I like that because I'm like, oh, Yes, he called that. I like that. But if I know it's a spoiler, then it sucks. Well,
0: then you're going to love Eric Voss over at New Rockstars.
1: New Rockstars. Gotcha. Screen Crush, uh, I I haven't seen much of. But uh, yeah.
0: A lot of times when Ann and I watch like a Marvel show or something nerdy and we're really confused, I look at her and I go, I can't wait for Eric Voss to tell me what I think about this. (laughs)
1: Yeah. We do the same thing for Nerdist. After (laughs) After each episode, we immediately go to YouTube and watch the recap thing for the Easter eggs for the Nerdist video. And we love it. So we're kind of the same thing basically
0: <laughs> well that brings us to the end of episode 148 of a play on nerds join us next time for a very special episode 149 that's so special that we're it's a secret we're we have, not going to tell you we're not going to tell, tell you anything about it of course that's right you don't need to know we need to know <laughs> we should probably figure that out for serious oh yeah we but, should yeah <laughs> uh, keep on coming back and being our nerdy audience and we'll keep on coming back and being your nerdy co-hosts thanks again internet
1: stay nerdy my friends Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Feel free to email feedback at aplayonnerds.com with all your questions or comments.
0: Shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter and earn yourself a sweet shout-out on the show.
1: Review us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so even more
0: nerds can find us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we aren't picky. Check out our entire back catalog and other offerings at aplayonnerds.com. And how...